Zing This. I'm Ellie. I'm Zinger. And we've got some current event topics to discuss today, don't we? Woo! Yes. So I guess I, I guess we're going to start off with live action Full Metal Alchemist trailer. It was it was interesting. It, I mean, it didn't show that much. I mean, it was it, forty it, seconds. So yeah. I mean, you it, can't really get too much from it. It clearly was a teaser. Yes. <laughs> um, and I'm, ooh, I'm gonna sound like a dork here, but uh, his hair really bugged me. <laughs> I just was bugged that you didn't get to see their face, his face. Well, I know they they, I, they did a really good job of hiding it, but I mean, they got. The iconic, you know, yeah. from what you could see of the armor, it looked like the armor. You saw the gloves and... You, you saw the, 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 the red jacket. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they had stuff there. So, I mean, it's it, at least they're keeping it anime accurate in that regards. I guess we're going to have to wait to see more on that. So, it's not really like a new game or movie or anything coming out. Um, but... Uh, have you ever heard of the different companies that do the escape rooms? Escape? Oh, you mean like those rooms that you go into and you gotta work as a group with people? Yeah, it's usually a group of people that you work to to have to try to solve some kind of, you know, whatever it is to to be able to escape the room. Yeah. <laughs> not the not saw like puzzle solving to where. It's in the kidney of the person over there situation. It's more of you got to piece together a mystery within the room, right? Yeah, and there's always a time limit. It's yeah. it's usually 60 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, but there is going to be, for all you Legend of Zelda fans, oh, there's actually going to be a tour um, through a company called Scrap mm -hmm. working with Nintendo, and they're going to do a Zelda-themed escape rooms coming to various big cities across the United States. That sounds interesting. I know. I wish we lived near one of them. It would be kind of cool to do. Womp womp. I know. But yeah, so that's kind of cool. I think that's neat. So I actually stumbled across some interesting news on uh, actually a topic we discussed a few weeks ago. Video games that get made into movies. Yeah. I stumbled across the fact that I did not know this they're making a new Mortal Kombat movie oh, or cool. rebooting it. Was not aware of this, but they found a director. Uh, his name is Simon. Qu how, how did you say that you think you pronounced it? Simon McCoy. McCoy. Sure. He's best known for directing commercials. There was a few video game ones, apparently a Land Rover one that he's done. With that being hmm. said, uh, so it'll be as good as the originals. As when you have <laughs> Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the bars set so low <laughs> that you just have to avoid tripping over it. Even though I have watched it several times. Oh, we all have. <laughs> and in other current event news, there has been a new casting in the new Star Wars movie. It seems like this is a weekly thing. <laughs> we love Star Wars. Um, do you know who Amelia Clark is? <gasps> Khaleesi. Yes, Khaleesi. So, once again, it's, it's the Han Solo movie she's been cast for, correct? Yes. The Han Solo Solo movie. <laughs> I love the sound of that. It is interesting. I... 
don't think there's been any speculation on what character she could play, considering it probably might might be a character just made for the movie. So right. who knows? Once again, it seems like every week there's new people that are being cast for upcoming Star Wars stuff. So that is interesting, and that will, of course, lead into a topic that we're going to have discussed, we'll be discussing later on in this podcast. Right. Another trailer that got released was the Kong trailer for yeah. King Kong. And got to see more of the more of Kong. Kind of interesting. Definitely want to see where they go with this. If they're def if they're if they are this is all leading towards um of course a versus which it's supposed to between him and Godzilla. So be interesting to see this. It's supposed to take place during the seventies. Has a pr- I like the pretty, cast. Yeah, I was about to say, the cast is pretty strong, but I mean, yeah. who knows? It, it, it's one of those movies that, I mean, I don't think you need the best cast in the world for because it's a giant monster movie, and for those, I mean... The it's focus a, is more on the monster. monster yeah. Exactly. But it, it would be cool if it's going to be carried more by the cast than by the giant monster. It's mm-hmm. sort of... Giant monster's there, but the cast going to carry it. So we'll see what happens with this. Like I said, I, I, was, I was happy to get to see a little bit more on this, so that's definitely cool. On the topic of trailers, there was the Justice League Dark trailer released recently. I the actually, animated. I am really looking forward to that. First time that if Constantine, I'm, Constantine will be animated, Satana's going to be in it. They have Swamp Thing. Batman's going to be with them. Dead Man's going to be in it. Seems it seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, introducing magic, of course, to the. DC animated universe more heavily. So that's going to be definitely an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Now, in my final bit of current event news, which is why I wanted to save the Justice League Dark trailer for last, because I will call back to that momentarily. It is been all but confirmed that there will be a Green Lantern appearance in the Justice League live action movie that will be coming out next November. Mm-hmm. I would like to voice my opinion on this. Okay. And my speculation on this. I believe that you have to have a a Green Lantern of some sort in the movie. One of the several that there are available to the DC Universe. Um, Mainly the Earth one. So with that being... With that, you've got Hal Jordan. Right. Who is, of course, the greatest of the Green Lanterns. You've got Jon Stewart. Yes. You got Guy Gardner. You've got um, Kyle Rayner. You got Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz, who are the two newer ones. I'm going to say this right now. I'm taking them off the table as being possible candidates, in my opinion. Just because they're newer? They're newer. They're not ones that I think... Established as much? I I, I think fans would not relate to them as quickly as they would to one of the other four possibilities. Right. Now... Going to the other four possibilities, I'm hating to say this one, but I'm eliminating Guy Gardner. I would be all but astonished if we got Guy Gardner in this. So that would be le- fun to cast, though. He, he would be. I think they could do a very good job with it, but he's not one that I think they would utilize. Next one on the list is Kyle Rayner, who was the, 90, the quintessential 90s version of the Green Lantern, um, one that some people are familiar with who read the comics during the 90s. We think was the host of the Ion Power. I could go on 
for a whole podcast about, you know, the different Green Lanterns and everything, which oh, I would he, love to do. He could. Which I would love to do. Green Lantern <laughs> is one of my favorite comics, but I'm going to I'm going to digress. So with him being part of it, I'm going to say no. Which leaves John Stewart and Hal Jordan. Here is why I wanted to bring this up immediately after talking about the Justice League Dark trailer. And like I said, I'm getting real speculative here, so hang on, because this is about to, this, this roller coaster is about to hit into high gear. John Stewart was shown as the Green Lantern that will be featured in the Justice League Dark animated movie. Yes, I he find is. this interesting because it's always been how Jordan in the animated ones for the most part prior to this. So it's very interesting that they would all of a sudden switch to John Stewart. I mean, it's the the six of them are kind of an interchangeable group of people that you can inter just drop in I need a green lantern which one's available for this right. this or this reason drop him in but I think it's interesting that he'll be in this one and that they've just announced there will be a green lantern in a live action one also John Stewart is the one that they that most people are familiar with thanks to the Justice League animated series and the Justice League unlimited animated series so that's why I want to say he will more than likely be the one that will be in the movie. That makes sense. Now, to play devil's advocate, Hal Jordan would be my pick for it because Hal's normally more related with Barry. He's more related with the Justice League. He's more related with the New 52 version of them that this is vaguely, vaguely going off of. Um, so he would be a great fit the only problem is I'm wondering if DC is still trying to distance themselves from the fiasco that was the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie some years back. That is something I think they could possibly do is to go with Jon Stewart instead to distance themselves from Hal Jordan. So I, 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 I'd love to see Hal Jordan. With Jeff Johns being a part of this, I think that he wrote one of the best storylines, the best runs on Green Lantern I think that has ever been done. He did an amazing job bringing a ton of mythos, a ton of character back into the DC realm, back into Green Lantern. So I'm just wondering if, since he's going to be part of this, if he will put Hal in or if he'll rely on Jon Stewart more. Hmm. There's the other possibility. There could be two of them appearing. Or it could be Kilowog. Or it could be Tomar Ray. It could be just some lantern that has not... It could be Sinestro as a Green Lantern. We don't know. And that's the thing. It's, yeah. there's, there's a lot of possibilities. But my guess... I'm, I would say Jon Stewart. With my head... With, with my, my head says Jon Stewart. My heart says Hal Jordan. Yeah, I think it would be overkill if they had two of them, honestly. I... If they had two of them, I think one would be the main one. The other one would sort of cameo in there. Or the, or it could even be a cameo, too. That's the other thing. Yeah. We might be reading too much into this, and it might just be a passing, you know, you see them in the background, or they kind of show up at the end, or, you know, they mention them, and there's some flashback right. to it, or there's some flash forward, or who knows? Yeah, I don't, I don't think... Well, you never know. I don't think it's going to be a big part of it. I think they're going to... It'll be more of a kind of a mention or a, a here and there to maybe set up for a reboot. Or they could show up at the end for the big fight because it, since it's on a more Earth's at stake scale, then they could show up because Earth sets. Right. 
the the earth's on the line in this fight. So that's a possibility. I I, I like, like I said, I love Green Lantern. I really want them to do a good job with it at some point in the movies. I, I think they can. I just think they have to have the right formula there because the Green Lanterns have some interesting stories. They have an amazing, amazing mythos that I think the the DC universe cinematically could benefit from drastically. But once again, who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. Right, yeah. So I guess we're going to now jump to the main topic of today, which is on the Rogue One movie. Me and Rob are going to be discussing this, and we'll see you guys on the other side of the break. This has been... Zingness. Welcome back. So today's topic is with the new Star Wars Rogue One coming out. This is the first kind of expansion of the Star Wars franchise movie. We're, we're, we're strictly speaking of movies. You have, of course, the prequel trilogy, the original trilogy, and now you have episodes and then you have episode seven. And now you have Rogue One, a Star Wars story. I've got Rob with me. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> And we're going to discuss what we think this will either add, take away from, or what it's really going to do to the Star Wars overall movie. Like, the, I guess, the history and how we perceive this series. Just to explain what the story is so far with it, Rogue One seems to be taking place, of course, between episodes three and four. It is revolving around a new superweapon that the Empire has developed, which is obviously, as we know... The Death Star. So it's about them trying to steal the plans, find some weakness, you know, a ragtag group of rebels trying to, you know, work within this. And this is, assuming takes place very close to the um, beginning of A New Hope. So I guess let's open it up to our thoughts on it. Rob, what do you think of... This being, I mean, we haven't seen it, of course. We've just seen trailers and kind of read some stuff, but we're not including any of the comics really in this. We're just in no comics, no TV shows, strictly speaking, Star Wars movies. What is this going to do to the series or to the franchise? Well, I, for one, am really excited. The trailers look amazing. And. I think this is the beginning of something great. Um, no one wants to get to the wants to get to the last Star Wars movie and be like, "All right, well that's it." Like we want to see Star Wars movies get made forever. Um, I mean, I think like part of the reason the Let's be honest, when episode one came out, it was huge. And that was just because finally we've got more Star Wars. Um, First time in years, too. Yeah. So, The Force Awakens was cool. Um, But I think with the episodes of Star Wars, uh, Force Awakens being... Episode 7, like, 
they are kind of sacred and they need to be like very central to the story with things like Rogue One. You the can Han take so- some the Han Solo upcoming Han Solo upcoming movie. Han Solo anything you do that's um, that's a movie that's kind of a store a Star Wars story. Yeah, that takes place in the universe and expands it. I think that's what it, it it's doing, and I think that's the great part of it is it's going to expand the universe, and it's not going to really step on any toes by doing yeah, it. They can they can take some chances if someone has an obscure idea. They can try it and see if it works. And I, and I like that. I, I like the fact that they're they're obviously doing homages to the original the the original trilogy, with you know you see ATATs, you see Death Stars, you see I mean you see the Death Star, you see Star Destroyers, you see Tie Fighters, you see X Wings, you see a lot of stuff that you're used to seeing, and that's cool because it's expanding that that world. It's making it feel more lived in. It's also tackling a very interesting point in the Star Wars mythos, the bridging of one trilogy to the next. And that's a very interesting thing that I'm excited to see because this time frame is very interesting. I think Vader's going to be interesting to see how how involved he is in it because this is also the Vader that's, you know, the technically the tyrant, the the enforcer of the emperor get to see Vader be a bad guy again. And that's, and that's something I want. That's something I like to see his whole, you know, character or, you know, character arc from empire into Jedi is, is amazing and it's well-deserved, but I, I like an empire where he's sitting there and someone fails him and they, you know, they're scared to go be near or around him because they know they're probably going to die or get choked for a little bit. So that's cool because that's a Vader that, you know, seems like this imposing force that you don't want to mess with. Yeah. But then again, who knows how much he's going to be in it. We've seen some stuff in the trailers. That could be all he's in it. It's just these little, like, you failed me or you need to get this done sort of waving his finger in some admiral's face. So who knows? I mean, that's the thing. Who knows how involved he's going to be? I mean, the movie will be what it is when it comes out, but... um I think it just it does have potential to uh, really grow the universe. Part of the reason why novels and video games and comic books and everything else has gotten popular is because it expands. No one can get enough Star Wars. We want to see like what all this universe has to offer. We all have ideas and things we'd like to see, and some of the creative minds have uh, made things they want to see to share with the rest of us. Actually, I just thought of something while we're discussing this. An interesting point. Would this have happened if George Lucas still held the rights? Do you think this is something that would have been allowed if he held the rights and Disney didn't? That is a good question. I mean, he was open enough to give the rights to Disney, so maybe. But, I mean... I mean, whoever wrote the novels or wrote the comics or did the video games had to uh, get some sort of copyright. And get some okay. Here's the thing, though. I know we said we weren't going to discuss it, and we seem to be touching on it. Um, I don't know if you remember, 
when Star Wars Episode Two came out, they did a Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Yep. They it was the same studio that did Samurai Jack. It was really well done, very arti- you know artistically done. And then before Episode Three came out, they had the conclusion to it. It was a two parter thing. It was very short, but there was certain things that happened in the cartoon that they carried over into the movie because George wanted to have that included that way. Like shock T being, um, she was originally supposed to be captured by Grievous and on the ship with Grievous. And he was supposed to kill her. That didn't happen because of the cartoon showing that she was left on Coruscant during that point. I will tell you this right now. I know from, uh, for a fact that, I mean, there's been a lot of stuff that's been wiped from continuity. It upset me that those were considered non-canon after the Star Wars Clone Wars TV series came out. Those were considered non-canon, but I'm like, they were canon. So what's canon, what's not? And I know that they've done a ton of changing recently to where, you know, there's the comics that are canon now. These books aren't canon. Obviously, anything after episode six isn't canon now that was out before episode seven came out. So that's the thing. It's kind of... I think George not having control over it might help because who's to say that this movie got made in a few years, they want to change up stuff and they go, Oh, by the way, that's not Canon. So that's, I think it's in better hands now because they're trying to do a better job with the franchise and with the continuity than they did before. Um, you know, in all honesty, the Clone Wars cartoon was a little over the top for me, to be honest. Uh, the one that I was talking about, or the one that... The one you were talking about. Okay, so the one that um, was done by the Samurai Jack people. Like, it's been years since I've seen it, but I know they're, like, using the Force to make, like, Star Destroyers crash into each other, and... I don't yeah, know. Yoda did do that. I mean, it's just, like, that would have been really convenient when Yoda was fighting Count Dooku, just, like, Force lift him up to the moon or something like it it was over the top, but I mean, that's the fun of it. And that's kind of the star Wars you want to see is that over the top this, uh, to an extent, like practical, believable things go a long way. Like you never, the the craziest thing you probably saw in the original trilogy was Yoda lifting X wing out of the swamp. Well, I I guess getting back on, focusing back in on the, on the rogue one, yeah. It looks like it's bringing the wars part of Star Wars back. It's making sure that that is going to be definitely present. Not saying the other ones didn't have it, but you've seen you see a lot of space battles. It looks like you see a lot of ground battles. Again, there's unlimited material in the Star Wars exactly. universe to pull from, and um, a lot of uh, source material already exists to base things off of. Well, the cool thing is you, you also get the, the Rebel Alliance, the birth of these rebels. What is driving them to go up against this obvious galactic empire that just marching on through? Because, I mean, I mean they, they obviously very imposing with the Star Destroyers, the TIE Fighters. Everything that they have is very imposing. They're building a super weapon. So it's like, what are these people going for here so speaking I'm, I'm jumping back now speaking of continuity issues and stuff like that i mean we already said that george is kind of messed with stuff are they messing with stuff in this so episode two attack the clowns it was shown that there was plans for a death star or a super weapon that, that the genotians had built or had been designing that they gave to count dooku 
of course, we all know that ends up in Sidious' hands. And at the end of episode three, it shows it being built. My question is, how long does it take the, the Death Star to be built? On top of that, how long did it take them to build the other one that we see in Return of the Jedi? And the guy that they're capturing, the father of the main character, is supposed to be building it or has some point in helping build this thing. So who's really building this? If they had the plans, then I, I'm just saying, are they kind of fudging continuity here to be to to make it suit their whims? But I mean, suit the the needs of the story better. Like that's the thing um, I'm, I'm questioning. Here. Well, let's be honest. Some of the prequels put some uh, continuity holes in things, and this might create another continuity hole. But then again. How long will it, would it take to build a a super space weapon. station that big? Because well, I mean, it shows in 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 episode three, it shows Vader standing there, looking at a you know rough. It's like a frame though. Yeah. It's not even like. But then, how long would it have taken them to build the other Death Star? Were they I already mean, building it? Like that's the thing. Like there's I, a lot of stuff. I mean, who knows? The it, movie could just straight up sit us down and explain it. It right. could. Right, point by point, I mean, going. Oh, well, these these. Maybe they tried to build one and it they failed. just couldn't make it work. And you know, like in Return of the Jedi, they brought in independent contractors. That that's that's what happened there. Sure, <laughs> they were uh, victims of war when the Rebel Alliance blew it up. But anyway. I mean, we're jumping around a lot here, but we're we're staying on topic at least. Like, like I said, the you're seeing you know just the X wings attacking stuff. You're seeing Tie fighters and everything. So I I feel like that's going to be really cool to see that again and to get those epic space battles. Not saying that Episode Seven didn't have those. I just feel like you know that's what I go to see Star Wars for is the story, uh, but at the same time, I'll go on that rant in a second. But you were saying earlier, like you'll see what drives like the Rebel Force to yeah. go against the Empire, and I think Jen Erso is going to be a good character for this film because it seems like she's going to have she that a, mentality to rebel against something bigger than than herself. herself. So it's. So. Uh, that part of the movie actually looks really cool because they're constantly referred to as the rebels, but you never really, uh, they're, yeah, they always look like a pretty well organized army and, um, they got, I don't know, in, this, they got... in this movie, it looks like we're going to see them really, uh, let loose. Another interesting thing I've seen in the trailers is there seems to be this warrior guy, the, the guy who looks like he's blind, has the bow staff. Speaks about the Force. My thing that kind of interests me in the Star Wars universe, if I want to... Is it still Metachlorians? No, I... I, Topic for another day. Rage-filled topic for another (laughs) day. Rage and anger. Another day. So, we kind of get this idea from the prequels going to the new series that the Force sort of dies, I guess? I don't know. It kind of... So Vader's the only one that really utilized the for- Vader and Luke are the only one that really utilized the Force. So you're telling me that you know you had these academies for Jedi, a Jedi being born left and right, Force sensitive people who just magically just weren't Force sensitive anymore, or is it something that you have to teach? It's not something you can learn on your own. 
that's something I'm interested in for the movies to explain. I'm sure that there is comics or novels out there that explain that, but I'd like to know, you know, this guy obviously has some kind of force sensitivity. What's happening to all these kids that are born that are also force sensitive? Is Vader going around offing these kids too? Um, See, that's... I heard <laughs> someone offer a different suggestion that maybe the guy can't use the force at all but he recognizes it as a power and see that's the thing i'm just wondering does he does he not like it, it's kind of what happens to the force in between the two trilogies yeah. it is does it just magically go away or is it something that is still there it's just it needs to be tapped into again by people and just nobody nobody who nobody knows how to but you know luke vader yoda Obi-Wan, like, it, I don't know, it just seems like it's kind of odd to have that be omitted um, from the universe That's an interesting question. Um, I don't know, George Lucas, I doubt he thought into that when he made these movies, but... Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm resisting it, but I'm going to get into something real quick. Another thing that bothers me a lot is you go from the prequels to the original trilogy during the scene on the death star there's several of the commanding officers talking and the one starts to get smart with vader going you know your sorcerer's ways you know it's an ancient religion yeah it's it's an ancient religion blah 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 blah. that happened like 20 years ago like it just baffles my mind that that guy was obviously alive during that time lived through the clone wars knew that there was Army's a Jedi, but yet he's sitting there mocking somebody who is um, obviously a Jedi. I mean, I think people obviously acknowledge time different in the Star Wars universe because in Force Awakens, uh, Ray says, like, Luke Skywalker, I thought he was a myth. And, like, it it all happened, like, 20 years ago at that point, well, too. Well, I think but... that's a longer time gap, but it's still, it's one of those... Does everyone just get amnesia during the Star Wars? Like Han Solo says, like he didn't believe in the Force, but then he did. So uh, Han Solo is another good one. It's like I what... mean, Vader is choking people though, so why wouldn't you believe in it? Well, here's another thought I just. But had. I, in all honesty, that's probably just a plot hole. It's right up there with uh, Leia. Do you remember your mother? Yes, she died when I was very young. <laughs> like... like being born. You know, five minutes after Leia was born, she was very young. It, it still works in continuity. <laughs> sure. So another thing that could be happening is the Empire could be suppressing all of that knowledge of what happened before the Empire was there. So that's, I mean, I'm trying to justify the prequels here. I'm, I'm doing the best I can with this. So I'm not defending them. I'm just justifying them for the sake of this discussion today on what I just said. So maybe they did a lot of, you know, suppression of the knowledge that was around then. They don't really, you know, teach it or, you know, let it be that well known around the galaxy. But I'd like to think that it's an entire galaxy, so it'd be kind of hard for that to get washed away. Who knows? Maybe there'll be some explanation on that. In, uh -oh. in, in, who knows? They might even explain it in this. I, I, I might be sitting here talking about this and they give a perfectly reasonable explanation in rogue one on why stuff is the way it is they might though an explanation like that might be for one of the you know episode eight or episode nine but another thing 
that I was going to throw out that makes me excited for Rogue One and other spinoff Star Wars movies is that I felt like when we watched Force Awakens, and I'm not the only person who's noticed this, the um, movie relied heavily on nostalgia. That goes without saying. But, um, yeah, it was almost like there was a checklist of things that they had to check off when they made the movie. Like, is there a scene with Han Solo and some strange bar check or their X-Wings check or their Star Destroyers check? Is there a desert planet check? Is there some loner on the planet destined for bigger things check? At least in uh, some of the spinoff movies, like I said earlier, we're going to get to see them take some risks. Is it set in the Star Wars universe? Check. And that's all they need to yeah. check. And, you know, they really don't have to, uh, you know, hit the nostalgia factors or make sure they included this. They can just make their own uh, story that they want to tell. So, you know, they can do a whole lot. Now, I know I'm going on these tirades about, you know, I want some questions answered. I do realize that there is, you know, the Star Wars Clone Wars series and Star Wars Rebels. I'll straight up admit this. I have not gotten a chance to see Rebels yet. I have no way of streaming it to the best of my knowledge to be able to watch it and everything. And I got such a hectic schedule that I don't have the time to, you know, get in front of the TV when it's supposed to be on. I'd, I'd love to watch it. Maybe it does answer questions. I know it is in canon, that this is part of the canon. I haven't but, watched it myself. But so. as I said at the beginning of this... We're trying to stick to movie-only references and movie-only explanations. And if they want to base some of what they're going for off of other source material written by others, that's fine. Yeah, it is. It is. It's great to build that universe because then I'd want to go out and read, you know, maybe a comic. Try to find a way to watch this show. Doing spinoffs does ensure, like, we'll continuously get Star Wars, which is cool because there's... There's unlimited a, things that fans want to see. There's a lot of stories to tell. I mean, obviously, any background character in Star Wars has some backstory that everyone wants to dive into or wants to, you know, have more on. I mean, I remember you could buy action figures of almost any character in the original trilogy, even if it was somebody that you didn't even know their when name. When they started that, writing books, they'd make sets for the popular book. I mean, there was yeah. a time period... You know, I'm a 90s kid. You'd go into Toys R Us and they'd have a huge Star Wars section. Shadows of the Empire. Shadows that, of the Empire. That was something that... Trifet Bakura. There's uh, plenty of things. I mean, that's the thing. This is, I think, that the new generation's version of that. That this is being considered continuity. That this is but not... they get so movies and we had to read. Yeah, they, they get <laughs> movies. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm sure there... Like I said, I know there's comics output out by Marvel that do cover a lot of the stuff we're discussing that do cover, you know, why does C-3PO have a red arm in, you know, <laughs> the uh, force awakens that's actually explained in a comic. So there is stuff out there that's explaining more of the universe and that grows it. But once again, it's one of those things that we're, we're trying to stay to the movies with our questions and stuff. So, and um, I think I have one last big point with these, cause I've been, 
praising Rogue One. The trailer looks great. I'm very excited for that. I'm very and that's, excited. And that's what we have to go off of for this discussion I'm, is purely the trailers and some I'm stuff we've heard. I'm very excited to see what we'll see in the next few years from Star Wars. Um, and as far as, like, if you want to debate, is it going to be good or is it going to be bad? Um, there's only one real piece of logic with that. Since it is in Disney, we probably trust Disney enough to recognize it is in good hands, but uh, they need to treat these movies with respect. And that means any of giving them. them a good writer and good director to make a good movie out of. Um, Cause I missed the uh, prior topic of video game. Oh, based you're, movies. You're, okay. But like I pointed out in a YouTube comment, um, they've never really given any video game property to a filmmaker that took the project seriously and treated it with respect. So with Star Wars, it's important that they don't just make movies and assume they'll sell because they are Star Wars, because that could lead to the death of the franchise. Um, Marvel, or really like you know, any of the comic book-based movies, a lot of them... Uh, did the movies with good directors. Nolan got Batman. Um, Raimi got Spider-Man. John Favreau got Iron Man. Sam Raimi got Spider-Man. Um, Two out of three isn't bad. Joss Whedon got the Avengers. So uh, we hope that they give these movies to good directors. And uh, they hire good writers or they base it off of good source material. By the way, that episode he's referencing is episode two of the Zingness podcast when video games are made into movies. You can find that episode on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, and also YouTube. But you won't find me on it. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. You'll find uh, me in the comments. <laughs> shameless plug. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's just my... So I think the good thing now is everyone wants their name attached to Star Wars. I mean, everyone wants to be a director, and it's someone wants to be an actor, and it like obviously uh, we well, have. I mean, in, in Force Awakens, like you got Daniel Craig played a random, random stormtrooper. Storm Kevin Smith did a voiceover for one of the stormtroopers. Uh, wasn't si Simon Simon Pegg Peg was in it as yeah. well. You have people who want to be involved in it. Um, I know that the the guys from the um, the raid yeah. movie were one of the gangs that were hunting and Solo. That's so I mean, fine. That's, if they want to have random cameos or random voice cameos, just uh, it didn't take away from the movie though. That's the thing. Yeah, it made, just uh, don't give the script to a nobody. Yeah, keep that. But you know, people want to be a part of this in Hollywood. I mean, it's something to be in a Star Wars movie now. And that's thanks to, I mean, the new star, the 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 new movie, this movie. Like people want to be involved in it, and that's the cool thing, and that's what fans have hoped for is a revitalization of this series and wanting to be involved in it. Now, with that being said, 
this does open the door for more possible movies. Uh, of course, we're getting a Han Solo movie that's being cast right now. What other... I think, again, Han Solo movie, a lot of potential to be good, a lot of potential to be bad, but all we can do is hope it's in good hands. I, I just don't want them to fan pander too much. Like a, like yeah, a nod... absolutely. Like, like, a, like, like, a, like a nudge here going, hey, check it out, sort of thing. Cool. Yeah. Don't have it just heavy-handed over itself, though. It, it just gets too much, I feel. like. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I'll, I'll say it in the prequels, you know, Obi-Wan saying, you'll be the death of me one day, to Anakin. That, A little, like, forced foreshadowing. Yeah, it's it's funny, but it's not, like, it's it's the, not them smacking you over the, the face yeah, with it. Yeah, they redeemed it with, like, you want to go home and rethink your life. I, I want to go, go home, home and rethink, rethink my life. life. <laughs> All right, with that being said, I guess we're, I guess we're going to wrap this up by saying we're both very excited about this. And, and we, we, we both are passionate about Star Wars, if very. you couldn't tell. <laughs> um, just as a final reminder, we were discussing the movies themselves. I know we brought up some other continuity stuff. I know that the comics are covering stuff. I'm not, I don't think either of us are completely up to date on those. So no. those being omitted from this, if there is stuff that does... If there's anyone that is up to date on the comics, because there's, there's something there's that, hundreds of yeah. Star Wars comics. And if there's something that we have mentioned that they've talked about in the comics, let us know in a very constructive way to be like, hey, check out this comic. They discuss this or they explain this. Because we'd love to know so we can expand our yes. knowledge. Um, like I said, with that being said... We'll see you guys on the other side break. This has been Zing This. Welcome back to Zing This. That was a pretty fun topic to talk about. I'm, I'm, I know I've said it probably 50 times by now. I'm excited for this movie, so yeah, we're does, just going to... It looks really good. We're just going to have to see, see, see what comes of it. So what's the best ways... To follow us or to get the most up-to-date information from us, Allie. Well, you can go on Facebook at Zing This. Give us a like. Twitter at yep. Zing This. Give us a tweet. iTunes, Zing This. Give us a review. Five stars, please. <laughs> SoundCloud, Zing This. Yeah, and... You can go to Instagram at Zing This Podcast and really good... Fun stuff. We like to post some pictures and also do a, a montage picture. A, a little collage of what we're going to be discussing. Yep. So if you're on Sundays, then you'll see a little collage of what will be discussed. And it's little pictures of, you know, yeah. what the topics are going to be for the follow for that Monday's right. podcast. So it's a, it's a cool way to get ahead of the game on what we're going to be discussing. We're going to work on getting some more stuff out on our Instagram as well. A quick note on our Patreon real quick. We have decided to sort of restructure how we're going to do some stuff on Patreon. It's nothing drastic. It's just kind of to benefit you guys. We have decided that there will not be an exclusive podcast to Patreon anymore. Right. We will make sure that all podcasts will be free to everybody. What we will be putting on there, though, is behind-the-scenes videos, unedited versions of the podcast, so... There actually chaos ensues. Yes, you'll 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 get a lot more behind the scenes stuff with that. We're also thinking of doing like 
playing tabletop games such as Munchkins or Magic and recording that and having that as a video for you to watch us play and have us doing antics on that. So if you are interested, head over to Patreon in the next week or two. Definitely check out our YouTube channel. There might be some more activity on there coming soon. And next week will be the first read this. So what Yay. what graphic novel are they going to need to make sure to get caught up on to be up to date with the read this next week? Volume one of Fables. Yes. Legends in Exile. Yes. So I think that wraps everything up now. Awesome. Well, we will see you guys next week. This has been Zingness. Bye.